I'm delighted to announce that this podcast is now sponsored by the Heaton Boxing Academy. It is Ireland's most popular boxing and fitness class. They have three locations across Dublin, located in Sandyford, Lansdowne and Grand Canal Docks. You burn over 600 calories during a class and also get to meet new people and enjoy yourself as the staff there are really, really great. And I do mean that. So go check out their site. It's linked below or else can be found at hedonboxing.ie and sign up for their 10 class program while you're at it. And if you DM them on Instagram or email them through their website with the discount code RALLEN, you will get 10% off the usual price. So how's that for a deal? All you got to say is RALLEN and you get 10% off just like that. First 10 classes, 10%. Great deal. So get involved, get fit, and bring some positive energy to that place. I'm telling you now, you will not regret it. It's great for whatever fitness goals you have. Just go, use the discount code, and thank me later. And welcome to yet another installment of Rallon's Rant with your host, Richie Allen. So, yeah, it's back. I was actually thinking about doing this in a few weeks' time, in a few episodes' time, but due to postponing the two podcasts I was meant to do between this, I was thinking 13th birthday is approaching for Crystal. A lot of things have to get off my chest. I thought it was a great time to do it. So before I get into the thick of it, I'd like to, first of all, thank all my patrons to date. You have supported me through thick and thin, or thick and thick, as I like to say. So your generosity is very much appreciated. And the fact that it's still grown in size every month or so is a testament to the kindness of many people. So thank you very much for that. With relation to what's on today's show... I'll be talking about my accommodation and food nightmares. I will be talking about some minor issues I had during the week, one or two Halloween and Christmas stories. I'll be going through some of the WhatsApp audios that have pretty much taken over WhatsApp as of late. I'll quickly talk about Gonzaga. I'll talk about my first visit to Crystal in approximately 11 months. I will review the Crystal XV and any additional information that comes into my head. So without further ado, before I get going, I would like to also point out to all my patrons, there will be a Rallens rant after dark uncut special coming out in a week. So all of the stories I think are too hot, are too explicit, are too hardcore to be shown to the public. My patrons will have access to, so you can enjoy that. It'll be about seven to 10 days that'll be uploaded. So without further ado, let's kick on. So I thought it'd be a good idea for me to talk about some of the food nightmares I've had, like a Gordon Ramsay kitchen nightmares type stuff. But I thought might as well pick out the three worst experiences I've had at a kind of restaurant or a cafe or whatever you want to call it, and then flip that with the accommodation nightmares I've had. And I've had loads. I suppose starting with the food, I'm just going to read out, like I, I have loads of reviews and they're still... If people want to see them, they're up in the internet. Someone TripAdvisor, some Google reviews, like this one from Urban Cafe. So for people who don't know, Urban Cafe, it's in Cabin Teeley. I went, I've gone there now 10 times, I'd say, approximately. And the first few times I went, I was like, this place is a pretty good place. But recently, it's kind of started to decline, like a Premier League football that you used to love and adore but he's now sitting on the bench a bit too much. And then when he plays, a lot of people are kind of looking around being like, this guy is shit. So that's kind of what's happened with Irvin with me recently. I've been getting to notice a few things and not let things slide as much as I used to. Two or three trips ago, like the service was abysmal. I asked what was the soup of the day in which the waitress then said, uh, take a look at the blackboard. And the blackboard was kind of difficult for me to actually see. And it's her job to inform me what is on the menu, okay? It's not as if, like, I'm going into a Vodafone shop and going, um, sorry, do you have an iPhone 6 in here? And them going, uh, why don't you have a look? There is a vegetarian option. 
you can fuck off. <laughs> like, the whole purpose of a customer experience is to be, you know, helped, to feel valued, okay? It's not a case of, like, yeah, have a look there. It's fucking vegetable soup. Couldn't get over that. So I let that slide. A few service issues, quite slow. The ice latte was essentially iced milk. But the latest time I was there, right? This is my review of the place. So this is to quote. My experience here was nothing short of an absolute disgrace. It took us five minutes to be seated, only for it to take a further 15 minutes to take our order. Upon making our order, the waitress informed us that they didn't have several items on the menu, including pancakes and avocado, and this wasn't the first time this happened. What is the point of having a menu if several times you run out of options on that menu hours before you close? Took 19 minutes for a food to arrive, and it was average at best. A huge letdown, and I will never be going back, as it's clear I can spend my money better elsewhere. A shambles. So, yeah. Like, without getting into details there, it was <sighs> shocking. Imagine going into a place and basically being told that, like, half the ingredients on the menu aren't there. Like, that's essentially like going into coppers and going up and saying, sorry, can I have a G&T? And them going, actually, we don't have gin. Okay, can I have a pint? Actually, we don't have a pint either. Okay, uh, do you have any water? Then be like, no. It'd be like going to the beach and the sea just deciding, you know what, there's no sea anymore. It's just all sand. So Urban Cafe, you are in the bad books. Next up is Boojum. So I haven't been to Boojum in... I've been about once in the last two years, mainly because approximately, I'd say about a year and a half ago, I was having a bowl and it was just chicken, the usual. And then I noticed just this foreign object in the middle of my bowl and it was a snail. And Mickey Irvin has brought it to my attention that he had the same issue. And it wasn't just a snail with like a shell. It's just a snail just in the middle of it. So there's just a snail sitting in there, resting on my chicken, resting on my peppers, staring at me. So I got the bowl, chucked it in the bin, and was like, that's me done. And for that reason alone, I would encourage everyone to stay away from Boozham because it is an absolute disgrace of an organization. So last but not least on my food nightmares, there's a place in San Diego. And I just have the review here and i'll read it out so this place is in downtown san diego i can't actually find the name of the place which is quite irritating but i can point it out to someone if ever wants to bring me to san diego i will point this place out if it's still standing anyway the review goes we arrived and were swiftly seated outside the sun was shining and spirits were high unfortunately this was the start of a quick spiral downward i asked for the prawns with some to quote special sauce the sauce was curry sauce, and two prawns were drowned within it. On top of this, my Diet Coke cost $7 and was similar to a shot glass serving. We also had a band playing behind us, a band, by the way, playing behind us at level 10 without even a hint of rest from them. The sound of a cheap guitar that was slightly out of tune is still ringing in my ears. The worst part of it all is that I had to give a tip, a fat tip. A complete circus and just avoid this place, as it should be closed down for safety and ear health reasons. One star. So, what are you going to leave? Let's coordinate the tip here. Why? Well, we split the check. We both have the exact same bill. So why don't we leave the same thing so one of us doesn't look like an idiot? Were we favored nations all of a sudden for lunch? No, but what is the big deal if we both leave the same amount? What do you want to leave? What's your inclination? Twelve bucks. Twelve bucks? Yeah. Good. Put down twelve. Right, right, 12 times. How much are you going to leave? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. What's your plan here? I'm encouraging you to leave $12. I think it's a number. There's nothing to be ashamed of on writing $12 under gratuity on your check. Are you going to leave $12? You want to know what I'm leaving? I'm, I'm, I'm going to write down what I'm leaving right now. I'm writing a number. Now, I'm folding that number. And I'm putting it inside my little leather check holder. Waiter, thank you very much. No problem. You've been wonderful. Oh, like, you had this fat Mexican guy behind you 
strumming an out of tune guitar, being like, it's like I'm trying to eat here. I'm not trying to have some lunatic scream in my ears with a mustache that you're still debating to yourself. Is it actually real? So that place, I don't know if it still exists, but it, it shouldn't is basically what I'm getting at there. Like, oh. but yeah, then from like a an accommodation point of view, Hostel Ole, I've already told this story, the infamous Hostel Ole interrailing, like D-Day landings, fire extinguishers, AK-47s. I, t- I don't want to get into it. I can't. I actually can't. But next on the list, on the accommodation <laughs> stage, is a place called Lucky D's. And this is back in San Diego as well. San Diego really you know, turned out turned out to be some spot. It is a great spot, but Jesus Christ, it can have terrible, terrible upsides and downsides to it. Even though, how do you have a terrible upside? It's only a terrible downside, I suppose. But yeah, a place called Lucky D's, it's a hostel. So we first arrived and it was like very highly regarded. The ratings were good. And I was like, oh yeah, sure, it's a hostel. Like how, how bad could it be? So we get in, you have to climb up these stairs, we get to reception, no one's at reception, which is slightly concerning, because then you're like, right, this is the Wild Wild West. After four or five minutes, someone pops up at reception, I was like, oh yeah, we'll check in, blah, blah, blah. It's very expensive, I think it was something like $48 a night, which is, like from Airbnb standards, like you could quite literally be in a mansion for that. But that's neither here or there, we're there for the experience. So, we get into the rooms. So there's bunk beds, tight rooms, and there's a fan on the roof. And I'm thinking, ah, well, if that's spinning during the night, it won't be that bad. It'd be it'd act like an air conditioner. So we tried to yank the little chain on the fan, and the chain snapped. So we went straight to reception going, listen, the chain's after falling off. Can we get this fixed, or can there be some more of the solution? To which the receptionist goes... Um, that won't be fixed for quite a while, so don't expect any favors. So we were like, Grant, it won't be that bad. Surely it will cool down at night. During the night in San Diego, it's approximately 24 to 25 degrees. Imagine being in a sauna, and imagine being in a sauna in which you're with three or four other lads. And imagine being in a tight sauna in which people are sweating and snoring. So that's what was happening. Also on top of that, what they didn't mention was the fact that there was a fire station. There was literally a fire station 80 meters away from Lucky D's. So imagine being asleep, right? Asleep. Well, you weren't asleep, actually. You were just drenched in sweat. And then all you hear is... So then even any prospect of going to sleep was destroyed by a fire truck flying out to put out a fire and you know what happened four or five minutes later so there's basically a superset going on of just fire truck after fire truck leaving the station and every time you hear you just hear a different person in the room going for sake and then the squeaky beds as well and then also the second morning we woke up there was police outside the hospital. We're like, what's going on? What's going on? Because there's a bit of commotion going on. And then we discovered that two police officers had been murdered during the night. How we didn't hear that, I don't know. But it was quite literally 200 meters away from where we were staying. Two policemen innocently gunned down doing their jobs. Outrageous. Outrageous. And then to top it all off, someone in my room, who I will not name and shame, this was him snoring one of the nights. So yeah, that, I don't want to really dwell on that because that was just a dark chapter in the accommodation story. The last thing I'd say was we were at a festival called Roskilde Festival. The best festival I've ever been to. It's a seven-day long festival in Denmark, in Roskilde. Absolutely incredible place. So we pitched up, we arrived late for the festival. I think we arrived on the Wednesday. And as I said, it's a seven day. So it's like Monday to Monday. We arrived quite late and there was 
spaces for tents were at a premium. So we're walking around for about 40, 50 minutes, me and three other lads. And eventually we find the spot near a marquee and we're like, listen, we'll just take this, right? We've got two ten- three tents here. We'll set up camp. Set it up in a little area surrounded by other tents. We're like, it'll be fine. So we went out, started drinking, went to a few acts, and we come back. And it honestly looked like if uh, Urukai from Lord of the Rings made love to a human and gave birth, this is what would come out. So there's four or five of these essentially barbaric creatures sitting down right beside our tents, speaking a language that wasn't English. They had tattoos from head to toe. They were drinking straight vodka. They had chains hanging out of places I didn't even know chains could hang out of. And before we knew it, some guy with basically a decapitated bear's head as a hat. So imagine the Irish D4 version. Imagine going to Longitude. You've got some guy wearing a Marco Polo stupid fucking hat or some Gucci hat that he's kept so clean that like even just a hint of dirt ending up on it would ruin his day. This guy had a decapitated bear's head on his head. And there he was, swigging vodka, staring at me intensely. So the next thing I know, he's like, hey, you fellas, get over here, get over here, get over here. Long story short, they make us have vodka straight. And within 15 minutes, we find out that three out of the five people there are dangerous. I, three of them were in jail. And then before we know it, all five of them are completely hammered. Three out of five of them were in jail. And then also all five of them are on class A drugs. So we have this horribly awkward conversation for about an hour. Then eventually they're like, and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they leave. And we were like, yeah, we'll catch up with you later. We then all look at each other as if to say, get the tents, get everything, everything that's important or of any value to us. Take it and let's get out of here. So we lift up the tents as a collective group. We leave some of the stuff behind, not worth it. And we legged it hundreds of yards away and set up in a different tent because like it was insane because what I didn't mention and forgot to mention was we had to stay a night there before we did this the following morning when they went off to an act. But they played out of a speaker, blaring music. And we went to bed, I'd say, at about 5 o'clock. They played music till 12 o'clock the next morning. And they were still up screaming. And it was at that point we looked at each other. When they say they're going to see someone, we're legging it. Like, we're gone. And we were. We legged it. We just gone. Finished. Moving swiftly on, small issues I had during the week. All right. Dublin bus. I was late leaving work and I didn't have my car. So I was like, right, I'm actually in a rush here. I need to get home quicker than usual. And rather than walk, which takes about 30 minutes, I was like, I need to take the bus. It will make a 30 minute walk into a seven to eight minute journey. So get on the 145 squeeze on like squeeze it's like a game a mixture between twister and jenga in the 145 packed during rush hour like it's a war zone it's honestly like but people are screaming there's blood everywhere there's subtle body blows with elbows and like decorum and manners goes out the window you get the odd guy the have a go hero who steps up and you know gets the elderly person to sit on the seat, which everyone should do. But apart from that, people stink. People have their earphones in. And then it's just like, no apologies. If I elbow you or like hit you in the face, it's all fair game. Because we're on the one for five, baby. And we're going up the N11 and we're in the bus lane. So all bets are off. Outrageous. It's just... Like, there needs to be, number one, a limit as to the amount of people. I love the little thing. It's like, oh, free Wi-Fi. 
do you know where our CCTV cameras are? And that's like maximum amount of people, like 87. That's never adhered to. There's, there's like enough people on the 145 to fill the front pit at Glastonbury Festival. Outrageous. So anyway, Ethos. Lovely, lovely cafe on Baggett Street. Great coffee. Lovely food. Great company. Always clean. Good place to get out and get some coffee. But anyway, this was at the start of November, which everyone knows Movember's taking place. And just a quick jar on that. Al Deegan doing great work. I will be donating to you in a few days' time. Do not worry. Dotsy, you've done great work, even though you did get Lipset in involved, which kind of makes me question life again. I'd completely forgotten about Lipset, but now he's back in my life through an Instagram feed, and it is making me question life. It's also making me question, should Bob Lipset come back? Like, it may be the end of my professional career, but, like, it'd be a good way to go out. One final Cali Expo Bob Lipstick behind the scenes. I don't know. Anyway, back to Ethos. I go in, get my last A, and there's this Canadian guy in there, and he's just staring at me while he's making the last A, which is quite unnerving. And then he goes, hey, bro, uh, you going to do Movember? And I'm like, no, no, no. If uh, I can't really grow a a mustache, I'd look terrible. And he's like, man, you gotta do a Movember. You gotta do it. And I was kind of like, okay, this guy's now starting to scream again. And then I was like, ah, I don't think so. I'll just let the people with better facial hair do it. And I'll just donate. And he's like, no, man, I'm serious. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. So this is why he's making my latte. And this is why the cafe is quite possibly at full capacity. And I'd say 70 or 80% of the people in there start looking towards this guy who's aggressively making a latte while screaming about Movember to a complete stranger who he doesn't know. And then he goes, man, you're definitely cut out for the Movember, man. Definitely cut out for the Movember, dude. You got to do it. And at this point, I'm kind of looking around at the people in the cafe going, is this actually happening? And it was. It actually was happening. This guy was making a latte while screaming at me to grow a beard. Yeah. And I go, I'll do it. Yeah. And then I got it. Yeah. You, why? Why are you screaming though? Honestly. Because we're on, you have to project when you're on uh, you're, you're when you're on mic, stage. We're mic'd. When you're on stage, you have, you have the mic on you, and also it's just us right here. Oh. Who are you talking to? Oh, that's right. I have a mic. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna shove blue cheese inside. In which he eventually hands me my latte. I grab it, put the lid on at. In record time, I'd say 0.01 second. I then start retreating out. And while I'm leaving, he goes, man, if you don't come back with a tash next week, I'll be let down. And it got me thinking, how in God's name was this guy hired? And you know the mad thing? I've been back, I'd say, at least five times since. And I haven't seen him. So he's either on vacation, he's had a complete mental breakdown, or else he's been sacked. So I don't know. Apart from that, I I spoke about it on my Instagram story with my close friends. I was in super, not supermarket. I was going to say supermarkets. It's Marks and Spencer in Dundrum. Great food, great quality food, great layout. Just a great place to be. And I was waddling around there on Sunday evening, and I began to notice a few things. Number one. Everyone is kind of reenacting Zombieland. Everyone's just like at a rate of zero. It's just zombie. Like no one's walking quick. It is just the pace is unbearably slow. And you find yourself adjusting to that pace, which I can't really get over. Another thing is that any woman over the age of 45 or 50, roughly speaking, just commentates on what they're doing. So three different women who were all on their own with a trolley, respectively, were just looking around in a state of shock at like biscuits, cheese, milk. And they were commentating. Those in this like freezer zone where they had the fish, they had the ice, they had ice creams. And someone was like, I wonder if they have, where, where's the ice? And like, I, it was pretty much some guy with his daughter, me, and then this woman. And she was just speaking to herself going, I wonder where the ice is. 
and I was kind of looking around as if to say, like, are you asking me this? Are you talking to um, uh, Magnum Ice Cream, or what's the story here? And then, as I said, someone else was asking about the cookies in another aisle, talking to herself, going, oh, I can't find these cookies anywhere. I was like, who are you talking to? Like, who who are you actually speaking to? It's insane. But yeah, that they're the issues I had. Anyway, let's not dwell on them. <clears throat> so yeah, I thought with the Halloween and Christmas period coming up, Halloween... I'm at the stage now where just Halloween's not even an event anymore. It's a reminder you get when it's too late. So my Halloween was spent driving around, looking at bonfires in Ballybrack, in other places, getting pulled over by the police. And this is quite a funny story. So me, Mr. X and Mr. Y were driving around and we were in Ballybrack looking at the bonfire and we start speeding off because we obviously were not in the right area and the police start following us and eventually the police pull us over and they ask mr x who was driving the car they're like so fella what are you you doing here and he was like oh we're just looking at a few bonfires and he was like so you're just driving around looking at a few bonfires that is this is we're meant to you're taking the piss out of me now lad are you it's like no 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 we're driving around looking at the bonfires it's great night and he's like right where are you lads from so the driver, Mr. X, says Fox Rock. I say Donnybrook. And Mr. Y says Klonsky. So he's like, so you're telling me you're from Fox Rock, he's from Donnybrook, and the fella in the back's from Klonsky? And the driver goes, yep. So hang on. You're just driving around looking at bonfires. And the driver goes, yeah. Right. Just, right. Well, just move on then. I'd say that police officer was pulling us over thinking, right, here comes a drug bust. Here comes, you know, a good, good stopover. Not three posh fellas looking around to see if there's any bonfires. <clears throat> but some of my Halloween stories, I remember the repeater war we had in the Marion Centre car park. We had loads of repeaters and we were on our way home. And this is like back when you were young. I think we were like 17, 16. And we drank and probably some mental field that used to be a rugby club and we were going in the Marion Centre and we had all the repeaters and we hid behind all the pillars about 10 of us and we all just lit the repeaters and all you care is then eventually and everyone just come out behind the pillars start blowing people so dangerous could have killed us could have killed someone and we were there having a repeater wars like shooting repeaters at people's faces and for about 10 minutes we had a repeater war we had infinite amount of repeaters and then eventually the police turned up and we're like well and we just scattered we all just lagged at home and that that was halloween <clears throat> that was halloween in a nutshell so yeah then uh, an infamous halloween story i have is in sandy mount so we all uh, dressed up and went to mr w's house in Sandy Mounts, and we were all drinking there. There was a lot of lads, a lot of women, all drinking, all dressed up. And I'd say we were like 17, younger even. I'd say 16. I think we are in fourth year. And me and Mr. Y went to Sandy Mount Village to get more drink. We got drinks, started walking back towards the gaff. And then we ended up kind of getting con- confronted by these younger lads presumably from rings end and they were you know screaming profanity at myself and mr w or mr y whatever you want to call it and mr y goes fuck off lads piss off so then the lads took exception to that and they started then getting in our faces and one of them tried to swing at my friend mr w to which i kind of pushed him back and just went listen lads we're just trying to enjoy ourselves we're just he's a bit drunk just forget about it so they follow us back to the gaff. There's about seven or eight of these lads. So seven or eight of them against two of us. And we're not looking for any fisticuffs. So we go back to the gaff. And bear in mind, in the gaff, there is a lot of people there. So we get back and Mr. W then tells everyone in the gaff. He goes, oh, there's seven or eight lads there causing shit, talking shit to us and all this. So then everyone in the gaff goes, right, let's sort them out. 
So we attack uh, seven or eight of these fellas. <clears throat> and yeah, fisticuffs ensued. So the seven or eight lads retreat back and they were like, yeah, listen, I'll sort them out. So stop them annoying us. Half an hour later, one of the guys was out front, runs in the front door, locks the front door, starts screaming, going, lads, 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 there's an army outside. There's an army outside. We then look out the window and there's about 60 people from Ring's End just lined up like a, like a scene from Mad Max outside the house. So Mr. T and Mr. D get up against the door as if it's like Lord of the Rings two towers and the orcs are outside trying to ram down the door. They start kicking down the door. The hinges are like snapping off. Splinters of wood are going everywhere. There's 50 to 60 lunatics outside. There's 50 to 60 60 men and women inside. Posh. Posh, soft men and women. And lo and behold, eventually the door snaps down. Digs start getting thrown. And if it wasn't for one person in the house who happened to know all the tough men outside, there could have been people killed. Because they were like, we're going to fucking kill Had hurleys, had, had rocks, had bottles. And one of the lads on our, on our side goes, Lads, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. I'm just going to use the word Anto because that's the most basic Howie name I could think of. Anto, what's the story? What's going on? He's after hitting those seven or eight lads. We're going to have to straighten things out. No, Anto. No, Anto. You can't do that. And within 30 seconds, there was a mutual respect and a mutual agreement had where I was like, right, let's go our separate ways. And before we could even go our separate ways, of course, four police cars pull up and the typical scatter ends the party abruptly and people like at home, like every other Halloween, just with like short of breath into bed after your three fucking Heinegans and you're pissed. So yeah. And then looking at Christmas stories, all I can say is just Cairns Balty House and Donnybrook. It looks like this year will be the last, well, not the last year. It won't happen this year. Normally my year, we have a party there every year. And this year, it's probably not going to be the case. But just to give you some highlights over the years, Mr. Orr sets Mr. T's hair on fire. So Mr. Orr thought it'd be a good idea to put hairspray in Mr. T's hair, like emptied the whole bottle out and then sprayed a fireball at his hair and set his hair on fire and almost killed him. Then on other occasions, Mr. X and Y smashed Mr. W with a full-blown salmon in the face and a brawl ensued. Like our whole year spilled out onto the roads between Spar and Cad's Balty House. Our own year, just fighting each other. One of my favorite stories is in our first year of having it. We all got on the tables, got a bit rowdy. And the staff were like, right, let's kick these guys out. So the police come in. And the police come in and they're like, right, everyone out, everyone out. And (laughs) Mr. D was on top of a table. And they were like, all right, gobshite, get off the table. And the woman guardie then comes in with a baton and goes, Hey, you, get off the table. <laughs> Mr. D looks and knows it's a vanguard. And he goes, Lads, it's fucking grand. It's only a vanguard. And that was the worst possible thing that could have been said to a bunch of pissed off guardie. All hell ensued. Arrests were made. We were kicked out. And that was the end. But were we back the next year? We were. Fact. So yeah, WhatsApp audios. A lot of stuff has been said about the BlackRock audio. And for those who have not heard it, here it is. Right, man, so we're out here in fucking Kosamui. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely sending it uh, in Arkbar. Uh, which you'll hopefully, please God, stay in when you're in Thailand next year because there's not a hope any of you virgins are going to Canada. That's where all the, the Vs are going. Anyway, so uh, basically there's a big pool 
down near the beach and there's a bar at the end of it uh, and so we set up th- uh, four towers of charity all the rock lads went down it was great crack like rock chants going like men just bleeding blue and white left right and centre it was huge and uh, we take over the pool get four towers of chant which is three litres put on the bar and then you have to teams of six you do a relay have to dive in, swim the length of the pool, pour yourself a point from the tower, send it and swim back. Absolutely fucking huge. Rock chance going the whole time. Like there's a video being after being sent to the union. And uh, yeah, we're making an inaugural thing. And uh, yeah, just as the competition's first winners, uh, myself and the boys, the team of me, Steve Campbell, uh, Dave Heavey, Johnny Fairley, Andrew Doherty and um, Mark Dunn were getting... Uh, Coast Mui Cup 19 in Thai tattooed onto ourselves just you know to represent for the boys but lads yeah we, we'll need it continue we'll need the tradition continued next year uh, when I get some of the videos I'll send you on some of the scenes but lads some of some of the greatest horseplay of all time some of the greatest horseplay of all time some of the greatest horseplay of all time the worst thing about that is the fact that it's legit like it's not a skit that's the thing that's why everyone's so fascinated by it they're like surely this is a skit Surely someone is doing an impression of someone else. And the whole thing is, they're not. They're actually not doing a skit. This is real. This is, hey lads, listen to this. The greatest horseplay of all time. What that now has initiated is, for years to come, people are now going to do that every time they're in Thailand. And it's going to be one of those references that you never hear at the end of ever like it's just (laughs) it is absolutely ridiculous it's aor it's absolutely ridiculous but yeah it's it's it just shows you the power now of whatsapp in which an audio like that can get airtime on radio that is how desperate radio is okay someone from um let's just say rock black school Went to Thailand. Now there's an audio going around. Let's get them on. My God. Yeah. It's it's just, it's beyond belief. And I don't want to talk about it, to be honest. I do not. And another audio I'd like to play is, every time I get into a taxi in Dublin, after I've had a few jars, I tend to put on an American accent. It's just out of habit. So this is how I normally talk. People know how I normally talk. But when I get into a taxi, whether it's an Irishman, whether it's some guy who wasn't born in Ireland, whatever, I put on a Malibu accent. And my name is Richie. I'm born and raised in Malibu. I'm over here for the next two or three weeks. I must say, Ireland, Ireland can party. But an example of this was me and... Two of my friends were in a taxi and we were looking to go to Zosmus, our cafe on scene, our Sen, or I call it scene. And we have an American debate with our taxi man, and here's a here's a little taster of it. We want to go to cafe on scene. No, we want to go to Zazi. What is Zazi? I heard that there is some. Uh, I heard there's some pretty pretty ladies there that yes, like. Yes, yes, the best. They place. like they like the sexy dick. <laughs> is that in Zuzamas? Sir, yeah, hang I on. think so. Hang on, no, no, no. He's saying it's in Cafe on Sign. No, no, no. I have not heard anything about this cafe. Yeah, but sorry, guys. The I cafe you... they do great lattes. No, there, it's so too late. Five it's too late. What, t- it's, what time is it? It is ten it's past one. one it's now. ten past. There's no way a cafe is open. I'm yeah, telling you, there's a cafe. It is cafe on Who scene. wants coffee at one in the morning? Well, I might want an Americano. What if you're traveling the next day? Aye. Imagine you're like, hey, I've got I a flight to LA the next day. You need to go through time travel. I am prom- I promise. I promise you, there's no way. Aye. There's no way that the cafe is open. I'm telling you, there's a cafe. Is there not a cafe on scene? Yeah, yeah, Kevin Chin. Are you yeah. saying is the cafe the is the, open? Just the name is the bar, but just, just the name. Is the cafe open at this hour? Okay. And they're serving coffee? Do you know if I can get a light, 
uh, a light latte with uh, two pumps of vanilla at this time. No, you can't get, can't get a cafe there on scene. No way. No yeah, so it's just it's just a bit of harmless fun. And I suppose to retort to the greatest horseplay of all time, like when people see that, like when you are outside of the pale and you hear that audio, I'd say for every time that's been listened to, it's like it has the same effect like the ring does, you know, when they watch the TV or the DVD and it's like, you're going to die in seven days. There's no such thing as a killer videotape. Oh. Hell yeah, it is. In fact, I know somebody can definitely help you with that. You do who? Wait up, man. I heard Jamal from 90th Street. He watched that tape last week. And this morning, he woke up dead. <gasps> How the hell do you wake up dead? Because you're alive when you go to sleep. Wait, just tell me you can So you telling me? me that you can go to bed dead and wake up alive? You can't go to bed dead, man. That shit would be redundant. Just tell me No, who? it wouldn't. Because you can go to bed and not be dead, and you can die but not be in a bed. But you are in a bed, man. That's how you wake up dead in the first place, fool. Damn! That's some quantum shit right there, man. What are you talking about? You should be teaching classes, you state dropping out. Just tell me who can help me. My Iconic. Her, her man and all this weird shit. They saw the tape before anybody else knew about it. That's Better what like, happens when tonight. people outside the pale listen to that audio. Someone's like, right, we have to do a self-sacrifice to cleanse ourselves. But anyway, from a country side of things, my retort to all oh, the greatest horseplay of all time, like quite literally, lads. Bleeding blue noise. Oh my god, to get me this island chang. My response to that, and I've played in another podcast, is a hippocampus. A hippocampus there. Like, vzz, vzz. So, the worst of the worst from the D4 side of things to the best of the best of the country folks. So, listen to this. Really quickly, uh, went up to uh, 21st in Dunbine. Offer face is big shit now, you know. Like, train spotting job. Went back to this lad's house, his name is Tommy Myler, he's a fucking psychopath, like. And uh, went back to his house and his parents are away. They kinda have a landscaping company, like, and they have, like, chickens and all out the back as well, like, kinda like Blondie. And your man Tommy Myler's a psychopath, like, and he collects county jerseys, like, this is just a bit of a side story. He collects county jerseys, and every county jersey has a signature from a player, like. I actually have one of them here. A Tyrone jersey with all mulligan on it, because I was wearing that, like. But when you go into his house, he makes you put on one, like, something wrong with him. So he went into the house, and yeah, one real full, happy chemical, happy vodka, losing our minds. And he's seeing here this noise out in the backyard, and there's Tommy Myler with a fucking streamer, like, you know, <laughs> you know, losing his mind, had the fucking face guard on it. So me knocking all went out, like, starting up chainsaws and streamers and everything. We're just making noise and having crack. Next thing, looked over. <laughs> Tommy Wyler streaming the chickens today. <laughs> Murdering the chickens with his <laughs> Blood all over. <laughs> and he had a wexer jersey on him. Covered in chicken, like in blood. It was not scared to think about it. Let's start getting sick and all. Like, hey, let's start getting sick. <laughs> it was rough as the all go all time. And yeah, lastly. A lot of people during the World Cup would have noticed I'd been doing a lot of Eddie O'Sullivan impersonations. And what I love about Eddie O'Sullivan is he still takes himself seriously. and I don't think he realizes that he's just a complete laughing stock now. And just like even one of his last quotes where <laughs> talking about England getting milled in the scrum, he's like, well, you know, you can't fire a cannon out of canoe, you know. And like Stephen Ferris was like, People putting their bodies on the line. And like it is almost like, you know, you can put the body on the line, but you know, you gotta draw the line in the sand, you know, you have to put a bit of bacon in there, like and like everyone's like, Yeah, good good impulse. But the thing about Eddie O'Sullivan, he's just become a walking meme of himself. And it all stemmed from when he was on against the head. It was him, Bernard Jackman, and someone else. And he was talking about the strength and depth Lancer had at number seven. And this is when Sean O'Brien was ba- uh, back playing as well. And he was like, you know, you've got Sean O'Brien there at seven and all, and you have, uh, in my opinion, you have uh, the two best flankers in the country and uh, Josh van der Fleur and, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, James Tracy. And for those of you who are not familiar with rugby, James Tracy is a hooker. And who he meant to say was actually Dan Levy. But Ever since that day, I have used 
I've basically been convinced that Eddie O'Sullivan has some sort of sexual tendencies towards James Tracer. And like I can just picture him holding a picture of James Tracy as he turns on the little bedside lamp and he's like, James, I miss you so much. James, if only me and you could just work something out, we'd have a bright future ahead of us, you know. Me and you, you know. Me and you on the saddle on the horse, you know. You can pitch side in that tent, but you have to go into the tent, you know, to make camp, so to speak, you know. You know, if you're in a phone box and you're making a phone call, you know, the question is, you know, are you Colin Fowler or Keith of Sutherland, you know, bacon. But anyway, I made a stupid song about Eddie O'Sullivan's love affair with James Tracy. And rather than just slag people about their own stupid WhatsApp audios, I think it would only be fair for me to add in my own, uh, where it doesn't exactly cover myself in glory. But it's gone, got sent around a few WhatsApp groups, so a few people would have heard it by now. But just in case you haven't, here it is. <laughs> So that is that, and I, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, let's draw a line in the sand, you know, let's walk towards the sea, you know. You gotta keep swimming to get to, you know, the island, you know. You have to go there to come back, you know. Anyway, I can't just keep. I can't keep doing Eddie O'Sullivan impressions all day. I'll be here all day. So, just really quick, a lot of people sent on messages on Instagram about Gonzaga. For the record, I have no issues with Gonzaga. I actually quite like them as a school. There's very few people in Gonzaga, if any. I actually really, really dislike, which is a credit because every school I can always go, there's at least one guy I absolutely detest or someone from that school I'm like, I hate. But Gonzaga, honestly, there's none. And it's gotten to the stage now and like people think I just take the piss on Twitter for the, for likes or whatever. That's not true. Most of the stuff I say about Gonzaga, I actually genuinely feel or else when I'm saying I'm getting heckled by people around Gonzaga, that's true as well. Or else... If I'm just having a crack at Pablo Deese, whoever that is on Twitter, it's just for the crack. Like it's just it's just for a bit of crack, and like people just need to chill out. They say my podcast is shit, yet they're probably listening to it right now, and that means they've spent the guts of forty five minutes listening. So the joke is on them. Fifty minutes even. So the joke's on them. But anyway, just a few stories for you. As I outside the Camden, so the old palace on Camden Street, and. I was walking by with a few friends and some guy I've never seen in my life, don't even know who he was, goes, there's a fucking Egypt rallying. And I kind of turned around, excuse me? And he just started laughing. And I kind of chuckled to myself as well. I was like, I've now got strangers calling me rallying and calling me an Egypt or to be French, a fucking Egypt. Then I walk from pretty much the bus station in Donnybrook to... Baggett Street for work. So that means I have to go by Donnybrook Fair. And twice now, twice in the last three and a half months, I've had two people scream at me from moving cars saying, either Rallin, you're bent, or else Rallin, your podcast is shit. Like it's the year 2019, and I never thought on my way to work I'd actually be getting heckled by people I don't even know. 
Uh, but for anyone who doesn't really get my vibe on Twitter, I just don't care. Me on Twitter is me in front of my friends. It is me in front of my family. It is me in front of strangers. It is just a part of me that simply does not care. And I don't mean to offend anyone. I do not mean to be over the top. I just say what comes into my head. And if it makes sense, great. And if it doesn't, great. So, yeah. Like, talking about Crystal now. So I went to Crystal on Saturday. It wasn't my intention. I was in Hangdai, which for those of you who don't know, it's essentially the dart. It's just the dart with a massive DJ in a dark room. But we were meant to go to the cop shop, which I was very much up for. And so was my Stone Cold Steve Austin memes. But let's just say one or two of the lads had Kurt Angles. And yeah, ended up in Crystal. And... Even like before we got in, the people who were leaving looked like they'd actually seen a murder take place. And once I got in, I was shocked as as to how accurate my Crystal XV was because I was just suddenly just, they were all there. Not all of them, but like seven or eight of them were there. And I was like, my God, that was actually, I'm proud. As a coach, I'm proud that they're showing consistency. So, and then one thing I realized, there was one or two people there who were furious that they weren't happy. They were furious that they were selected for the team. And I thought it'd be an honor. I thought by them being selected, they would be proud. It'd be something they'd tell their families. And it's something they'd be able to tell their grandparents and their grandchildren even. But no, one or two were not happy. And they made it known. They really did. And like, I mean aggressively. At one or two stages, I was like, am I actually going to get in a bit of fisticuffs here over a make-believe XV team? That's what I was thinking. So, yeah, but yeah, like there is going to be changes made and I'll deal with that in a second. Like it was, it was a case of like, we were meant to go to coppers, which really annoyed me. Like when one of your mates going to coppers is it's always the same. You kind of dingle dally around outside and then suddenly someone does the Leroy Jenkins where they just go for it. Well, it's a lot better than we usually do. Uh, All right, thumbs up. Ready, guys? Let's or? do this. Leroy Jenkins! Oh, my God. He just ran in. Save him. Oh, gee, Stick to the plane. Oh, Jesus. Go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Stick to the plane, Jeff. Stick to the plane. Oh, gee. Oh, fuck. But no, we ended up in Crystal. And as I said, like, yeah, most of the Crystal XV was there. So just to make sure you're aware, the the new Crystal XV is as follows. Craig Cusack, Connor Cocoin, Alfred Fitzgerald Fund. Craig Lynch and John Burke in the rows. Steve McVeigh, Jack O'Neill and Rob Lipsis maintain themselves in the back row. A new addition to the halfbacks will be Alex Walsh and Andrew Quirk. And then in the centres, we still have Eno Kelly and Rory Kavanagh. And the back three is Dylan Coughlin, Danny Hogan and Matt Stack. But with two reserves... We have Nick Toomey and the security guard from the Jacks. Now, the reason I say the security guard from the Jacks, and before I get on to that story, I would like to say that dropping Liam Overhill for Alex Walsh has been the toughest managerial decision I've had in seven years of coaching. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to get choked up here, so I'm going to hand it over to my assistant, Warren, who's just going to, you can just t- listen to him and he's just going to explain to you about how Liam has dealt with this big blow. I know he's upset, but I thought Warren summed it up very well in the press conference earlier. Tell him this morning, obviously, he was disappointed, as, as anyone is uh, disappointed. Uh, but he, he appreciated the fact that he was spoken to before the announcement and uh, for that to be the first time. But, you know, he's, he's still going to be very important for us for the next 72 hours in terms of his experience and leadership. It's always... Close calls um, for us. A few players coming back from injury, and uh, for 
quite a few of the positions but yeah, as well. What what um, led me out of Crystal was basically I got there at like three. I wasn't drunk enough to really, really kind of survive in there. So I sobered up reasonably quick. And what pretty much tipped me over the edge was I was in the toilet, in the queue for the toilet. And the queue was like eight or nine people long. I was at the front. And basically two or three lads come out of a cubicle which is not suspicious at all. Yeah, it's perfectly normal for two or three lads to go to the cubicle together. And a girl kind of skips the queue and goes in front of me and starts heading towards the gents. And I just went, sorry, excuse me, there's a there's a queue here. To which she turns around and goes, yeah, but like, I'm bursting to get into the toilet, right? So piss off. And then slams the door. What's with the hostility, man? I know you're a little frustrated with your life right now, but you can choose to be less hostile. <laughs> I kind of then look at the guy's meant to be somewhat keeping order here, and he kind of just shrugs his shoulders as if to say, tough love. And I'm just like, right, this is a stupid system. Why are we queuing? Why don't we just start smashing in windows and pissing and shitting all over the place? Anyway, I eventually get into a bathroom. I go to the toilet. I come back out. And like the line has kind of got a bit out of control. It's not like a standard back-to-back line. It's now like just scattered all over the jacks. And there's a not a commotion. Like there's not, it's not fisticuffs, but like there's just a bit of argy-bargy and like a bit of people throwing their weight around. The next thing I know, you know, there's like G&T baths, essentially. It's just a bath of gin and tonic in a glass and like 600 strawberries and about 700 straws. One of them gets smashed on the floor. So the handle still works, and then like 30% of the actual glass itself is left there. But like it's jarred, it's spiky, could rip someone's throat out. So that's just there on the floor. And the guy, the like security guy from the toilet, picks it up and then turns to me, and I'm just about to walk out. And he hands me the glass, and he goes, get rid of it. And I went, what do you mean get rid of it? He goes, get rid of it. I was like, hang on, sorry, do I look like the fucking janitor? Have I suddenly now become Crystal's cleaner-upper? Right, give us a mop there and give me some one onesie navy attire in which I'll go and scrub the jacks for the next four hours and have shit and fucking God knows what in my face. But anyway, he goes, take that. And I go, put it where? He goes, get rid of it, get rid of it, it's dangerous. I went, this is your job. I'm not getting paid to clean up after other people's mess. To which some guy then, who I don't know, in the line goes, Ah, man, will you cut the fuck on and just get rid of the glass? To which I go, sorry, hang on, how am I getting turned on? So then the whole queue then starts going, here, come on, will you get out, will you get out, take the glass? So people were screaming at me, had to take the glass. So then I shimmy my way out with essentially a weapon that could kill anyone. I then go up to the bar, the side of the bar, not the front, the side of it. I go, bartender, bartender. And he turns around and goes, what? And I go, Sorry, I just got handed this glass that smashed. So, like, do you want to take it? And he was like, what? And I was like, there's a smashed glass in my hand. What am I meant to do with it? They say, get rid of it. To which he then goes, yeah, like, just put it in the bin. And I was like, this isn't the middle of Dundrum shopping center where there's bins everywhere. This is crystal on a Saturday. It's a zoo. Long story short, your man just kept ignoring me. So I fucked the glass on the floor. Back to its neutral position. But like I couldn't believe it. I came out of the toilet after getting completely skipped. Only to be told. "Uh, Get rid of this glass. It's just like it's not mine. Get rid of this glass. And then some lad in the queue starts screaming at me. And then before I know it. The whole queue is against me going. Rallin get the. Get the. Get the glass out. Come on man. Get the glass out. Like. And I've said this before. It's like flying Ryanair going to Crystal. You know it would be shit. You know it's terrible. You know you'll hate it. You hate everything about it. But you still do it. And you always go back. I won't be back in 2019. That's a guarantee. An absolute guarantee. But you always say that. And then you just know in early 2020 I'll make the same mistake again. It's like Domino's. Ordering Domino's. Seems great at the time. But then before you know it, you eat it. And then you just sat there. Put on about four stone. And you're like, what a waste of time. And speaking of that, there's probably going to be a Christmas special on the horizon. So 
I'm thinking of maybe getting the family involved, maybe doing an Alan's Christmas special, maybe getting someone. I was thinking of maybe getting a guest on who was a Christmas number one in the charts once upon a time. I'm I'm thinking about it. If you have any ideas, do let me know. But Christmas is approaching quick now. It's now what four or five weeks away. I can just I can I can hear it. I can I can fully hear it. You can hear it. Anyway, thank you for listening again. I will be back. And hopefully you will be too. Tick-tock, tick-tock, counting down the Christmas clock, all young, big, small, red! Blast this Christmas music! It's joyful and triumphant. <laughs>